0: In the world of digital marketing, today's guest is about as OG as they come. Neil Patel is the $100 million plus founder of Neil Patel Digital, an ad agency serving primarily enterprise clients, helping them grow through content marketing, SEO, and of course, ads. I'm so excited to have this man who's pretty much at the tippity top of the mountain and bring him down to the village so that he can help restaurants not only win big at the local level, but also help us scale up the mountain as well. Neil, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I love the energy, by the way. Oh, awesome. Okay. I'm so stoked. I got a couple warm-up questions. I'm not sure what your relationship is, the restaurant industry. I don't get the sense it's one you hang out too much in, but I'm just curious. Are there any favorite dining experiences you'd like to share, especially if there's a kernel or a nugget of wisdom that we can use from a marketing perspective? I haven't necessarily had any dining experience like, oh my God, this is the best one. I had a poor dining experience yesterday. Well, Let's hear it. I- out to the valentine's day dinner and we went to valentine's day dinner she booked an invest it was so dark you can barely see anything we're like dude we're not 20 years old you don't have this amazing eyesight my eyesight's twenty twenty, but i'm like it was so dark you couldn't even read the menu you had to hold the candle that they gave just put it right next to it just to read it. And even with that, it was hard. I was using the candle combined with the flashlight at the back of my phone. Oh no. Overall, it wasn't that bad. When I look at most of my good dining experiences, which is almost all of them, uh, it comes down to service. The food is hit or miss depending what place you go or if you read the reviews or what kind of food you like. Because sometimes I'm going to places that others like and I know I won't like it food-wise because I'm a picky eater. But most places have great food. And Mm -hmm. the big issue that you end up facing is if the service sucks, then the experience sucks. If the service is great, the experience is good. I'll give you a prime example of this. Went to a restaurant in Beverly Hills. Everyone tips well, or not everyone, but people you would assume tip well because they have money in that city. Finished the meal and one of my buddies who was with me forgot to order the coffee. Now, I had good service, left the person a 20-something percent tip. So probably like 22, 23 or something like that. And it was an over-expensive meal. They didn't charge me for the extra coffee at the end. Like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just bring it. Great service. I will continually go back to that restaurant now. And in today's world, it's funny with restaurants. A lot of them have on these devices that you see tipping amounts. And a lot of them have it defaulted to 25%, which is actually really expensive. That's that's insane. That's the base? Like 25% is what you're seeing? 25, then it goes down to 20. And then, or 22.5 or 22 or something like that. And then 20. And that's at least here in Beverly Hills. And I'm like, this is a 35% tip is really expensive. I feel like I thought tipping 20% was a nice, generous tip, but like 25% and I've, in some cases, people work really hard. I've tipped way more than 25% when I'm with my kids and they make a mess. And I even go down on the floor, helping spilled up, helping clean up the water that they spilled because it's my kids who did it. I'm a grown up; I can do it myself. I feel bad if someone else has to clean up after them. And a lot of them, well, like, oh, you can't do something. I'm like, I don't mind. I funny enough, I used to pick up trash and clean restrooms, so I was like, I was used to it from back in the day, and like some of those people who go above and beyond, I'll tip them even more than twenty five percent or even more than thirty percent because they didn't have to do that, and some of them don't want me to help out if my kids make a mess at a restaurant yeah, to twenty five percent is definitely a bit aggressive and presumptuous. Okay, we got one bad dining experience. generally, customer service is. Key, I I would say table stakes for sure. From specifically a marketing perspective, aside from making sure customer service is right, is there something that you see restaurants not doing consistently that you would view as a pretty big missed opportunity for them to grow? Yes, they have crappy photos of their food or very little photos of their food. So let's say you have a menu with 80 items. I wanna see a photo of every single one and a good looking version of it, not someone just taking out their phone and putting it on Yelp doesn't do justice. I'm going to Indian restaurant tonight. I typed in Indian restaurant in Beverly Hills because I was looking for the closest restaurant to my house. Okay. When I typed it in, there's two options that were really close to my house, less than a mile, which means I can walk and I don't need to drive. So that's a win for me. When I look at the options, I look to see the food pictures and I was like, for me at least being Indian with an Indian restaurant, a lot of times you can tell by like the quality of the naan. So you're like looking for pictures. And when you can see a good picture, you're like, all right, this is it. But it still had a Yelp version of their food, like a picture quality version instead of them taking it. And what I hate is if you have 80 items, take a picture of every single one, not 20 of your most popular options. Take a picture of every single one. That's great marketing. You also know what I love and the fancy restaurants don't do this. I don't know why. The fancy restaurants want to have this menu and just all these wordings. Show a picture in these fancy menus too why not or a qr code if you want to keep your little quote unquote stuffy atmosphere right people prefer seeing pictures 100 dude it's that is my outreach strategy i just reach out to restaurants all day and i'm like uh, i I will do a professional photo shoot for you for free because yes i i 100 agree that's a great insight and i would love to now ease into one of your areas of expertise which which is seo and I'd like to do that by asking you, when it comes to local SEO, what is one thing most people don't know, but they probably should? If you verify your Google My Business listing, you end up ranking, you get way more uh, juice out of it. You can actually get identity verification on a lot of the people that work in the business. And if you end up doing that, I forgot the correct terminology for that is. But if you do that, we've seen your Google My Business listings do much better. Yes. Such like low-hanging fruit too. It's like one of the lowest hanging roots because no one really does it. No one's like, "Ah, I don't want to go through this with all all the people that work in the company. So you can have a Google My Business listing, okay? Mm -hmm. And you can own it. But you can go above and beyond by verifying the people that work in the business. Oh. And it helps you do better. That is verify like this is Bob, but more like they're a good person, stand-up citizen. I haven't done this in a while. Like it's been like, I don't know, year plus but I was helping my buddy with it with his HVAC company, a local business to a local business, right? Mm-hmm. Google looks at them all pretty much identical. And they already had their Google My Business page. The The company already verified it because my buddy bought it out. His name's Devin, good guy. And then we went in there and verified people in the organization make their stand-up citizens. And then the amount of traffic we got was night and day different. The other thing that is obvious that people don't do is they don't ask people to leave a review. People think, oh, I got a Bait them, encourage them. And some restaurants will do, and I don't know if it breaks the terms of service on some of, if you leave a five-star review, we'll give you a free dessert or ice cream or whatever. And that's up to you as a restaurant if you want to end up doing that. But whether you do that or not, you can still try to get people to leave reviews. And it's very rare that people actually ask for reviews. hundred percent. We will generally get restaurants to create NFC cards, near-field communication cards, or QR code cards. And, just, and we just will have seminars with their front-of-house staff, just like you guys... <laughs> have to do this. And yes, it's against Google's terms of service to incentivize the guests, but you can incentivize the team to ask for them. And so that's how we try to, to finagle that. And so, you'll see some people at the team, cause I've seen some restaurants do it. They're like, Hey, if you really give me good reviews, and I get a lot of them. I'll end up getting a promotion. And if you enjoy the service, a lot of people are like, yeah, I enjoyed the service, why wouldn't I leave a five-star review? Yeah, to- totally. Okay. So now I would love to do like a little case study. You, you mentioned your, your friend who has the HVAC business, like I'd love to bring Neil into our restaurant and we have a website, like we haven't put too much thought into it. It's fine. But what we're really keen to do over the next, say, year or two is we want to kick the crap out of our competition in terms of rankings. And I'm wondering if you'd be able to etch out a bit of a playbook, a simple playbook that we might be able to follow over the next year or two to really kill it. Yes. With SEO particularly or just in general? I'd love to start with ranking in in Google Search and Maps or any other search engine you think is important. Sure. Number one, fix your images. Okay. Number two, make sure your profile is fully filled out, your operation hours, all this kind of stuff. When I say fully filled out, let's say if it's President's Day and that's coming up, make sure you put it in the description or even on your website, we are open on President's Day or we are closed. So that way people know and there's no confusion Then, Number three, claim all your profiles. Number four, Ask for a ton of reviews. The more you can get, the better off you are. And if you ask 10 people and you get one, good for you. Most people will say no, but you got to keep asking and don't let it demotivate you. Yes, sir. Um, Number five, you need to build links. So go to your local chamber of commerce, local networking events, talk about your business. A lot of them will link back to you, build relationships. That's huge. Number six, if you're opening up a new store, I usually start with freebies. We found that the best way to get a lot of people in the door and a lot of people knowing about it is free food for one day, but particular items specifically. You do samples. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to give a free entree. Just samples or something to actually really help you scale up and get the brand out there and get people talking. The next thing I would do is look for all the local foodie people on social media, invite them over, invite them for a free meal for them and their friends they just have to take pictures and post about it, you'll be shocked on what that can actually do to you, your reputation, getting you more coverage, and generating more backlinks over time because other people see it and then they link to it, or even just with foot traffic. And then the last one I would say is, make sure you have social pages. So like for Facebook or Instagram, et cetera, because when you're running promos and stuff like that, you can let people know in advance and you will get a lot more people through your door. And you want to do that for your non-busy hours and non-busy days to so start picking up the volume and help boost your profit. Awesome. And when you say non-busy hours and non-busy days, do you mean running the content during those times or saying these are times when you can take us up on a specific offer? So let's say Mondays are really terrible. On Friday and maybe even Sunday, I would say, hey, we're having this big thing on Monday. Buy one, get one free. You buy an appetizer, we get a free one. Buy an entree, we get one for free or... 20% off or 10% off, whatever you want to end up doing. Buy an entree, get a free appetizer. You can mix and match however you want with some sort of promo or we're running a happy hour. It's going to be great. And oh, by the way, we know there's a game going on during this time. You'll be able to catch the game on our television screens and whatever it may be. So if you start doing those kind of things, you'll start filling in the revenue when you know you're going to have slow periods of time. Awesome. My next question was uh, actually more focused on revenue. So the first one was like, okay, how do we rank? And then the next one was, okay, we're a small restaurant. We have two locations. Keep the math simple. We're doing about a million bucks in revenue each location. And over the course of the next one to three years, we want to take those two restaurants from two mil to four mil. And so I'd love to the Neil Patel playbook to do that. And I think you did it. Yeah, but right. you're pretty sure I would do the, sim- the similar stuff. Same steps. thing? Yes. But uh, the difference is do more of it, right? Yes. Like mm-hmm. really think about your non-peak hours. You don't necessarily have to get free food. You can throw events. Hey, we're going to do a networking event. Hey, we're going to do a singles event. Dine alone and be matched up with others. Eat as a group. Like you can do some really fun, unique stuff to make it exciting. Everyone pays $20. We're going to do dine as a group or something. You can, even, you can even like run ad campaigns on like Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. And we're seeing huge success for restaurants and it's really affordable. And then the other thing I would do is run Uber, take Uber Eats and Postmates. You'd be shocked on how many restaurants don't. It's a great cash cow for a lot of businesses. You're still charging the same. Uber is making money. They're not asking you to charge a discount. Give people the option to eat at home and get it delivered. Yeah, like it's so interesting. A lot of restaurants are still to this day very up in arms about the 30% commission that they pay, but Wait, they your 30% commission? It's 30. It's a huge commission. But the way I I try to get them to think about it is it's a customer acquisition tool. Just like like you pay for ads on Facebook or Instagram. So you're paying Uber. One, I didn't know it was a commission because they charge fees on the other end. But this makes sense. But two, you're not paying for the server's time as much. You're not paying for as many other people doing the work. I still think it's worth it. And like you said, you'll get people in the door and more people eating there. Yeah, especially if in your takeout stuff, you have collateral that gets the guest data and then you know you can market to them in the back end and get an order direct the next time so what i would do is i would give them one of those things and punch card on there hey this is one meal if you come in we'll stamp more stamps only valid in person and once you get to nine your tenth meal is on us that's awesome okay oh yeah and so something else i wanted to ask is you're like and what i understand of you you're big organic guy and paid i love both My agency probably makes more money from paid than organic. That is not surprising to me at all. And so here's the thing. Now, what I understand and see of the data for restaurants, something like 90% of restaurant customers come from Google. And so I've developed perhaps a flawed belief that organic social media is a really hard channel to use to move the needle for restaurants. I'm not saying it's to be ignored by any stretch of the imagination. Social ads... All day, yes. But just posting on organic Instagram and Facebook, which is all, if you look at most restaurants, that's all uh, they do. It's not that. they look at or, the, Most restaurants look at organic social as the wrong thing. Most people look at organic social as a customer acquisition tool. But we haven't seen it be too effective for that. We look at organic social as a great way to get more repeat customers. So if you have people posting things like promos, hey, we're doing this night, it tends to work better for people who have already experienced the food and they like it. Yes. So we look at organic social as a great way to bring people back. We look at paid social as a great way to get new customers. Yes. Now, like, I'm really, because you're, this seguing. I'm a little premature here, because you're like so data-driven. How would you approach measuring the effectiveness of organic social for a restaurant? When you run offers, how many people claim it? You can just say, look at Facebook special, Instagram special, Mm -hmm. show this code. Everyone has a phone, just like me here. They'll pull it up when they're in the restaurant. If your restaurant doesn't have signal, shame on you. Another good thing that makes experience better, have Wi-Fi. People prefer Wi-Fi, except if if your place has amazing service, you don't have to worry about that, but a lot of places don't have amazing service. Uh, when I service, I'm talking about cell phone reception, Mm -hmm. right? If your place doesn't have amazing cell phone reception, aka service, you would want to offer Wi-Fi for free. If you have amazing reception for T-Mobile, and Verizon, all the major carriers, you don't need to offer any Wi-Fi because people can just go on their phone and they'll be on 5G. But if your place is in bad reception and they can't be on 5G or anything, offer complimentary Wi-Fi. Just keep it unlocked. Especially if you're in a heavy tourist area as well, right? Like where people, international travelers are. And also like, why would you want to prevent people from sharing the experience, right? If they're on, if they're on wifi, they can take their pictures, they can post Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. And if you appeal to children, make sure you have Wi-Fi because a lot of parents use these devices to put YouTube or anything like that to keep their kids more calm when they're at a restaurant and it causes it to be a terrible experience if they can't get their devices. We used to be that kind of family. And then we took away all devices from our kids. First week was painful. And but after two, three weeks, they adapted and they don't care for television anymore. I really admire how data driven you are. And I often find myself in awe of the depth of your statistics and research in general. From what I can tell, a lot of it is is first party data. Like you just, I don't know, you just get the statistics from your own stuff. What advice would you give to anyone who does want to be that sort of next level in terms of their research, data, et cetera? Yeah, start collecting your own data. That's what Mm -hmm. we do. We have a lot of tools. We scrape the web a lot. Like all this kind of stuff helps us gather tons of data. We do a lot of surveying and stuff as well. Try to gather your own data or uh, collaborate with other people who have the data and do research pieces with them Mm -hmm. and share the credit. And it's a great way to do well. Like Yelp, for example, Mm I have a ton of data on restaurants. You can do a collab with Yelp or someone smaller uh, and do really well to get your name out there and create some beautiful charts. Heck, like Chad GPT can create the charts for you. Love it. Now you have a nugget that's that goes against conventional wisdom, which is you believe that the riches are not in the niches. Correct. And, and I'm definitely a niche agency helping restaurants grow. You but you it think- depends what you consider the riches aren't in the niches, right? What I mean by that is if you're looking to make a few million dollars a year, you can do that with a restaurant. Mm-hmm. A restaurant's one location. If you're trying to make a billion dollars, it's hard to do that in the restaurant industry. How many restaurants are there that are worth a billion dollars? Most of them are probably chains or franchises or things like that. And there's not that many. There's a lot of tech companies that are worth a billion dollars because they're not serving to a local market. They're serving to everyone. Just because the riches aren't in the niches doesn't mean there's not money in food and restaurants. You just got to expand to have a lot of them. A great example of this is Ever Bowl. It was an acai bowl place. Not a lot of money in one, but when you have 100, 200 locations, it starts adding up. That's you taking us from the village up the mountain. Now, the other thing, so just in terms of, let's say, let's say agency growth, I know you've said that a powerful way to grow is by giving away software. Any no-brainer softwares that I should just go and give away? Now, a recipe guide, you know, create a recipe guide or tool. Like, let's say if you're an Indian restaurant and you want to cook at home, you'd be like, oh, cool. Pop in the, what kind of Indian dish do you want? And you can start teaching people how to make them, like a tool that shows them how to make a specific dish. And not necessarily exactly the same cuisine or not exactly the same dishes that you sell in the restaurant. You'd be like, love our food? Want to learn how to cook Indian food? Go here. There's a, we have a tool and it walks you through step by step on cooking different Indian dishes. And you can even help them cook ones you don't serve. So basically like a lead gen tool for the restaurant so they can give this out and then people exchange their information to get those recipes and... Sure, or like you can do like on a specific diet. Cool, download this app. Which diet are you on? Oh, I'm on a keto diet. I'm on Atkins diet. I'm on whatever diet, paleo diet. I'm, I'm making on at this point. <laughs> although I think there is a paleo diet. And then just say, here are all our foods that fit within that criteria. Love it. Okay. Now, before I just have a rapid fire round here to, to close this off, but, but before we go into that, is there anything I should have asked you, but I did not? No, nah, you've done a good job. Okay, well, thank you. All right. Are you ready for a rapid fire round? I have like eight quick quickies. Go for it. Okay. What's your favorite drink? My favorite drink? Water. Okay. What digital tool should a restaurant owner invest in today? No questions at email system, like whether it's HubSpot or ConvertKit, something to communicate with your customers. What are you obsessed with right now? I'm upset. Let's go back to uh, the previous one too. I would also invest in technology that allows people to just book reservations online and they don't have to call so that way you can get customers even when your hours are not open. What am I excited about right now? AI, if you're a restaurant and you don't have a ton of budgets, you can take some images of your food and have AI help you spruce them up and Photoshop them to make look, make them look better. I'm not talking about modifying the way the food looks. I'm talking about moving the background of an image, making it more scenic or beautiful like that. I'm not saying, Hey, here's our food. Our food looks like crap. M- make our food look great. Like, that's just deceiving. Right. And hopefully your food is amazing. But you can end up sprucing up the image, like the background and other elements of it, the bolder food's in. Things like What's that. your favorite AI tool to do that? There's a lot of amazing AI tools. Adobe has one called Sensei, and it's worth checking out. Awesome. What is your most recommended and slash or gifted book? I like Art of the Start by Guy Kawasaki. It's a really old book, but I think it's great for entrepreneurs to read, especially when they're starting out. Yeah, Another one is The Dip by Seth Godin. Yeah, so good. What What's your favorite clothing store? That was a random question, but Piana. What is it? Loro Piana. Oh. Okay. What resource or course has had the biggest impact on you? None, but reading a lot all over the internet has helped a lot. You learn a lot from reading. Awesome. What are you most excited about in 2024? I'm most excited in 2024 is the economy. I hope it starts getting better. And I hope that helps everyone, restaurants and everyone. I hope inflation goes up. Did you say you hope inflation goes up? I know. I hope inflation goes down. Not, okay. then It'll make it easier for businesses to do better. hundred percent. Finally, where can folks go to learn more about you and or connect with you? Where, where would you like to send people? Neil Patel or all my social profiles or Neil Patel or NeilPatel.com. But my social profiles are just my name. And my ad agency is NP Digital. Amazing. Thank you so much, Neil. Thanks for having me. This was fun.